0: Hello everyone, welcome to Ask a Therapist. This is Nikita and Zam and we are two psychotherapists here to answer your questions about love, life, and health. You know, in our private practice,
1: Nikita and I see couples, individuals, and families. However, we're so passionate about this particular podcast because we're trying to reach a greater number of people at the same time. We want to demystify therapy. We want to open the door to therapy for you and introduce you to our tools and techniques that you can actually apply in your real life.
0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Ask a Therapist. Today we wanted to talk about something very different from our usual episodes. We wanted to talk to you about what a typical day in the life of a therapist looks like. And this was inspired by the questions that we get from our clients about how do we cope after hearing client stories and what does self care look like for us and what does a therapist do? How does a therapist function? in life. And so we thought we'd bring you a very casual, laid-back day in the life of a therapist where you get to know Zam and I a little bit more outside of this professional capacity.
1: I'm so excited for this episode. And, you know, I bet when you talk to us on the phone or on video, we may seem like stoic, you know, mythical (laughs) beings. that be calm and talk in a very soothing voice and are and really kind of emotionally um, intelligent. <laughs> um, and we want you to know that, you know, where that comes from, um, what it looks like behind the scenes. And to kind of preface that, um, both Nikita and I, we consider ourselves very, very lucky mm-hmm. and privileged to be able to do this work that we do. Um, we come to work every day and we get to help people and that is not a that is not a responsibility that we ever take for granted
0: Mm. absolutely we really enjoy the work that we do you know i've already done my fair share of unfulfilling jobs and uh, careers (laughs) um and really enjoy what we do here. And I liked how you said we can seem like very stoic mythical creatures because it's true. I think how therapy is represented in the world is not a very accurate um, depiction of what therapy or therapist is really like. Exactly. Uh, yeah, we don't have a couch that you can lie down on. I mean we have a pretty nice couch. If you can, you could, but it's not <laughs> We don't ask you <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh we have probably lied down on the couch
0: <laughs> and taken time <laughs> inclined, <nap. laughs> Yeah, definitely. Uh, I know both of us probably had our own, um, our own ideas of what a therapist was like as we were starting this in graduate school, because this is how your ideas are informed, right, by media and what you just see on TV or you read in books. But... There's so much more humanity to what we do than what is shown. Um, So we're not stoic (laughs) mythical beings. Um, (laughs) We're just like you.
1: (laughs) What I think leads someone to become a therapist, because I think it's a very interesting job Mm -hmm. and I don't think it's for everyone, definitely Mm -hmm. not. So I actually think that the profession chooses you, versus you choose the profession. Mm. It's
0: like the one chooses you.
1: It's like the one chooses you, exactly, (laughs)
0: exactly
1: right. Um, You know, I feel like, generally, people who decide to become therapists have a natural inclination towards others, Mm -hmm. you know, are naturally relational in their personality. they process stories and narratives versus numbers, Mm
0: -hmm. for example.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they have a unique way to be able to remember stories and to read in between the lines and be able to process, you know, what someone is saying, what they're trying to say, Mm -hmm. what their face is saying, Mm -hmm. and what society is telling them to say all at the same time. Yeah. Uh, You know, your therapist, might be an empath as well and this means that they sort of they they use energy from other people they are Mm -hmm. able to absorb that energy and that's Mm -hmm. how they so empathically attune with their clients is because they step into the client's energy and so I feel like therapists just as people have these skills and then they find the profession Mm -hmm. and then they go to grad school and these skills are really honed and they're taught how to use them, um, you know, for good. (laughs) We all have our own, you know, Professor Xavier.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I really like that description. When you were speaking that, um, what was coming to my mind is that almost all therapists are, you know, to a certain extent, overthinkers in a way, (laughs) because if we weren't, we wouldn't be connecting with the energy of someone else in the room, right? We wouldn't be empaths. We wouldn't be or we wouldn't function how we do in life and in sessions. Um, It's not, being a therapist is not something that you can train for entirely. Like Sam said, a lot of the foundation, a lot of the priming happens in life. When you create yourself, right, as a person. Um, Yeah. So what we do is, I mean, we're biased, but what we do is really Mm -hmm. difficult, but also really special and it is a bit of a superpower.
1: I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we, we came up with a list of questions that we think you probably have wondered when you're talking to us. And we've been asked these by, by clients as well. Mm. Um, but before we go into that, we thought that you might enjoy kind of knowing our daily routine. Mm -hmm. and in the spirit of being completely transparent we are going to tell you exactly Um, (laughs) we're not going to hold anything back when it comes to our daily routine and you'll you'll quickly realize you know that we seem really put together and (laughs) we have it all figured out but like Nikita said we're just like you yeah
0: yeah definitely Our daily routine, I know my daily routine obviously looks a lot more different now for the last few months because we've been Mm -hmm. in lockdown. Before lockdown, it was a bit different. Um, Where do I start? Okay, so I'm not a morning person (laughs) and Zam knows this about me and I think my clients also might have an idea because I do not book early morning sessions (laughs) because I need my two or three cups of coffee in the morning to wake up and to feel like I'm in the zone. What about you, Sam? Do you have some like very specific things that you do throughout the day, or does it all depend for you on a day-to-day basis?
1: Um, you know what? There are some very specific things that I do. I am a morning person, so mm-hmm. I'm up early. I like being up early. Um, you know, I always start my day even in lockdown, you know, with a shower and, and sort of getting dressed like I'm Mm -hmm. about to leave the house Mm
0: -hmm. because I feel
1: like it helps kickstart my brain. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, I ground myself every morning when I'm making my cup of coffee, because mm -hmm. I find that, you know, we all love the smell of coffee Mm -hmm. and we talk to our clients about, you know, engaging the senses when you're grounding yourself. Mm -hmm. So. I have a quick two, three minute routine that I do um, mm. when I'm brewing my cup of coffee that involves kind of the, the scent of the coffee mm-hmm. and myself. Um, and then I tend to wake up a little bit earlier and just make sure my environment looks a certain way before my day gets started. Definitely. So I tend to get quite tired at night and I cook a lot. So the kitchen mm. is not always pristine before I go to bed. Mm -hmm. So every morning I'll wake up, I'll make sure the kitchen is perfect. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I'll make sure the living room looks great. I'll make sure my desk is ready to go. I'll sort of start with a clean slate. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what my sort of morning routine looks like, because I feel like I need that clean slate in order to keep the coming day organized in my brain. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, And now that you mention it, I realize that that's also something that I just naturally do, but never realize Mm -hmm. that I do do that. I I definitely like my space clean as well. My mind feels really cluttered if my space is not clutter free. So I completely agree with you. And after I've had my extremely large cup of coffee, I, I like to take it outside in the balcony. I feel like just a quick dose of fresh air in the morning can just really help ground me and, and wake me up in a way, emotionally.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And then when it comes to the afternoons, mm-hmm. after there's been a number of clients, um, I do like to just find a quiet space in my home to just sort of have some time to myself. Mm-hmm. You know, the the thing about this job is that it is very relational so you're always talking to someone yeah um, you're always connecting and using your energy to connect with someone and then once you're off work you're probably doing that with your partner and with your friends and if you continue doing that you never have time to yourself yeah right so in the middle of the day or closer to to the end of the day um it's mid-afternoon i'll you know just come into my bedroom or i'll go into the washroom Mm. and just be there for 10 or 15 minutes and just try to clear my head so that my upcoming clients Mm. have that clean slate right just like how i need a clean slate they deserve a clean slate in my brain um basically filing away the clients that i've seen so far
0: yeah definitely I think there are times when I I tell my partner that I really don't want to listen to him or talk to him because I'm just all talked out throughout the day um and I think you definitely resonate with that as well yeah yeah but I like how you said that you like to have a clean slate between sessions throughout the day and I think the good part about being able to do this from home lately is that we can space out clients as we would like and as it fits for the client right so we're no longer in are not often in back-to-back sessions, we can take a couple hours in between. I find that just so amazing because I can step out for quick walks. Absolutely. I can do things around the house, like I said, I can unwind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's really valuable.
1: And I try to, unless the client really needs it and their routine doesn't, their Mm -hmm. schedule doesn't fit otherwise, I try to end my sessions kind of in the evening so mm-hmm. i can have the rest of the evening for myself and my partner yeah. and we have this routine where we um when his work is day when his work is done and my work day is done we'll step out into the balcony mm-hmm. um and we'll just sit there mm-hmm. we'll just sit there and we'll catch up oh sometimes um we don't get a chance to talk the entire day mm-hmm. and we'll catch up and we'll talk and we might go for a walk and I find it really helpful to also debrief my day Mm -hmm. Uh, we sometimes deal with clients who are in really unfair situations Mm -hmm. and a majority of our clients are people of color who are experiencing the problems that people of color are experiencing Mm -hmm experiencing long standing constraints from their their prescribed cultures or prescribed mm. religions and oftentimes we we Nikita and I can relate very heavily Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and I think that's what makes us great therapists. Is because we've been there. Mm-hmm. We have navigated those very same waters that our clients are navigating, that's and nice. sometimes that Which makes me really angry. Mm-hmm. Right, I feel angry for my clients, and I feel angry with my clients. Mm-hmm. And um, I use my partner to sort of debrief that, and and we talk about our culture, and we talk really. Really intellectually and, and emotionally, mm-hmm. um, sometimes, and even though that might feel like a lot after a day of talking, um, mm-hmm. I love it i think it's it's mm-hmm. really it's a good opportunity to debrief
0: and uh, you know that's really part and parcel of our profession and, and what we do everyone 's job is stressful. I think everyone faces a lot of stress and difficulty in what they do, but I think being a therapist there's an additional layer of vicarious trauma that comes with doing what we do right what we do has a potential to change how we look at life and people emotionally intellectually how we relate to ourselves so just has the capacity to change you as a person sometimes not always for the good because of the burden so I'm actually really happy to hear that you have that debriefing Mm -hmm. Um, and I know Zam and I um, message each other throughout the day <laughs> whenever we're needing to vent or check in or need that bit of extra support definitely
1: mm. and of course you never share identifying information mm-hmm. with with our partners or anyone in our lives but you almost don't have to yeah you can just express the sadness that you feel to the client or the anger that you feel without Ever having to tell anyone about who this person is
0: exactly exactly yeah well now we have some questions that we've been asked a lot um we've heard these time and time again from our clients and we'll go through some of these and maybe we'll also address some of these next time um as well because i don't know if we'll get through all of these um but i think one of the most, one of the most common narratives around our profession is that, oh, therapists, like they charge a lot. They charge obscene amounts of money mm. um, for every hour. Because on the surface, our work looks very much just like a 15-minute work. But our work is not just confined to that 50 minutes for a session. There's a lot of work that goes on before and after each individual session that we technically don't get paid for. That's
1: exactly right. Um, you know how I don't know if you heard this, Nikita, when you were in school, but the professors used to say for every hour of lecture, you should be putting three hours of study time.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember and that. Yeah, that's
1: what it feels like, right? Mm-hmm. For every hour that we spend with a client, there is nearly three hours of prep, pre-prep, and post-processing mm-hmm. goes into that hour
0: for sure we might be seeing clients for a 50-minute session but two hours definitely go into researching right if we're feeling stuck at certain points if we need to access supervision if we need to read some articles note-taking file uploading so much administration work also happens behind the scenes
1: exactly yeah
0: and at Suchan,
1: we pride ourselves in being a part of a client support system, right? We don't consider, your, we don't consider ourselves mm-hmm. your therapist for just the time that mm-hmm. we have. So we often have clients emailing us and saying, hey, this homework exercise that you gave me was great. Can you send me another one before our next session? Mm-hmm. And we are available to do that. Mm-hmm. That's the service that we provide. We're not, you know, you're not confined to talking to us for a quick email here and there mm-hmm. just in your few minutes. We often have clients emailing us about different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also really understand that a client spends more time out in the world than they do in the session. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So Nikita and I put in a lot of work into curating homework activities, booklets, um articles that would appeal to our clients creating these podcasts that we use to give to our clients at the end of every single session we give them something tangible to work on between now and the next session Um, and that that takes a
0: lot of work yeah it takes a lot of work and it's not a nine-to-five structure right it's not a okay now I'm in session and now I'm not so I'm not working it's very much a lifestyle sometimes Zam and I are working until midnight um reviewing booklets putting things together and by the way we do have some great booklets and resources so if you'd like to hear more about those feel free to get in touch with us but that takes a lot of effort that takes a lot of time and quote unquote the time is unpaid so the cost of all of that really for, for all of our time is incorporated into the fees, right? That are deemed fair by our college. Exactly. Mm. Sam, have you gotten this question? I get this question a lot. Clients will see me writing in the session. And sometimes some clients, very brave ones, have, you know, ask me, oh, what are you writing? Like yeah. what, what are you doing there? Um, oh. That's a really common one, right?
1: Definitely. And I think it's it's one of those things that's also stemmed from social media and movies mm-hmm. because there's always that scene that the client is saying something and then the the therapist is writing down something incriminating, you know, and, and the client doesn't want the therapist to write something down and the therapist keeps writing as the client becomes escalated. It's funny, but um, we're not writing anything incriminating. About
0: you? Yeah, if you think about it, we see a lot of clients every day. We see a lot of clients every single week. And we are taking very short notes, right, based on what you as a client are saying. So, some things that we might need to reflect further on later, some things that are maybe really important that you're saying and we don't want to forget. Um, And these notes really help determine what treatment looks like. And it helps us prepare for subsequent sessions and really just provide best practice and client care.
1: Absolutely. I I found myself writing down quotes, Mm -hmm. like actual words that the client is saying, because we know how important it is to to tackle those words. Yeah. Right. Um, Mm. Nikita, I've started doing this thing where I'll ask like a challenging question to my client. Mm -hmm. and by and while they're thinking about what their answer is i sort of write down what i think they're going to say mm. and then i try to match it with mm. if what they say matches what i think they're going to say mm. and i intermittently use that as sort of a gauge to see if my client and i are on the same page
0: yeah
1: right if if i'm understanding mm. them correctly if you know if yeah. they're able to express themselves correctly to me and I, I every time I get it right, I feel really good because yeah. I'm like, okay, we're in tune. There's a therapeutic relationship here. Yeah. Um, and if I feel like I'm not like, getting it, um, I will definitely say, you know, I actually am surprised at your answer or mm-hmm. that wasn't what I thought you were going to say. Um, yeah. You know, let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's get back on the same page because this is a, this is a collaboration, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. I like that. That sounds like a great exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to actively, right, make sure that we're on the same page um, as the client. I know some. Someone has confessed to me in the past that they would sometimes be doodling on their page. Oh my Um, (laughs) God. And I think just having like a notepad there can be really tempting. So I don't know about you, Zan, but I try to keep it away, like away from my hands, but within reach. So if my client says something important, only then do I grab it and I write and then I put it back because it can just get really tempting and distracting to have something in your hands.
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm surprised at this person because I, I, I find our clients so interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone is so interesting and so passionate and motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I think Nikita and I are very lucky that all our clients look like this, you know? Yeah. They try so hard and they really want to be there. They really want to put in the hard work. Mm-hmm. and it's almost like a contract between the two of us that we're both going to put in the hard work
0: exactly. to get
1: you to your goal so so there's no opportunity to do it over there <laughs> no.
0: yeah I think it makes it really rewarding um yeah. what we do when we have clients that are so engaged and motivated perfect so now that we've talked about what happens during the session what is your routine like exam for after the sessions after you've walked the client out the door or after you've ended that virtual call what do you do
1: that's a really good question I immediately step away from the desk for some time mm-hmm. um, immediately step away and just ground myself in another room um mm-hmm. even if it's for 30 seconds even if it's for a minute mm-hmm. if means getting a sip of water or walking around a little bit, going to the bathroom, stepping outside for a, mm-hmm. even a second and stepping back in. But almost mm-hmm. like we talked about that blank slate, almost like restarting yeah. and clearing the slate for the next mm-hmm. client. Um,
0: mm-hmm. I will
1: also write things down. On my notes when the client, when I've hung up with the client. So if it's a homework activity that I gave them that yeah. I need to remember to check in or mm-hmm. an email that I need to send them later. Um,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That time, I think, right after when sessions end, is you, I think only have a window of what five minutes, maybe 10 minutes, sometimes yeah. before the next client. So we need to tend to ourselves very quickly. We need to finish writing off notes we need to get up and stretch. And I think that is something that I, to this day, continue to find so difficult to do sometimes, right? To completely yeah. just shed this last session off yeah. and create a blank slate to move into the next session, right? Just wow. the energy some clients leave you with, whether it's really something that very something that's been very difficult for them that they've talked about or a bit of that. The traumatic energy that we're now sitting with, it can be really hard, right? So that routine can look different from day to day, um, but I think the elements that are the same for the both of us is stepping away, grounding somewhere else, stretching, and tending to ourselves.
1: I like that. I like how you say that tending to yourself. It sounds mm-hmm. so gentle. Nikita, um, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll check my phone. Mm -hmm. and the reason why is because especially now that we're virtual but even when you're in person with a client you can't do anything else but be in that moment with that client Mm -hmm. and sometimes I get so engrossed in my client's story that I forget that there's other things happening Mm -hmm. around me you know if I have back-to-back clients sometimes I'll just forget about my phone Mm -hmm. um And I will leave my phone unattended and people trying to reach me and family Mm -hmm. trying to talk to me and friends. And, and I just won't, they won't hear from me from the entire Mm -hmm. gate. Um, And sometimes I'll pick up my phone and I'll use that to ground myself, to remind myself as well that Mm -hmm. I exist outside of this counseling room too. I am more than a therapist. I have a life and I have Mm -hmm. all, all these people Mm -hmm. and interests And, and sometimes you can get so, you know, um, connected with a client that you forget that sometimes. That hour flies by.
0: Oh, definitely. That hour completely flies by. I like that. I like how you use your phone as a way to ground yourself back into your personal reality. I wish I was like that. For me, (laughs) I stay away from my phone in between sessions because I think it really disrupts my mojo. And I will get sucked into the black hole of Instagram and then I'll just jump mm-hmm. on and I'll just be like mindlessly scrolling through either <laughs> our page or my personal page or my feed and then I'll realize oh my gosh what am I doing yeah um, i need to step away from it so i'm glad that that works out for you i just try to keep my phone as far away from me as i can <laughs> for those hours because i know that's not how i function
1: oh my goodness mm. <laughs> well this has been so great and we have The questions just, they get a little saucier after this, Um, that there's no other way to describe them. These are really pointed questions. And like we said, we are going to be completely transparent and honest about what goes on in our brain as your therapist.
0: Mm -hmm. So we are going to save these saucy questions for next week. Yeah. Tune in next week to hear part two of this episode. In the meantime, if you have any questions that you'd like us to answer now is the time find us on Instagram. Everything is going to be linked below. You can send us your questions and we'll answer them for you. Take care, everyone. Okay. Bye.
1: That brings us to the end of today's episode of Ask a Therapist. Thank you so much for spending time with us. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review down below.
0: If you have any questions you'd like us to answer, please send us an email. The address is in the description box below and include podcast in the subject line. You can choose to remain anonymous. Thanks, everyone.